All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 6, Episode 20 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, presented to you by our friends at Odd Shark and Jock Market. I'm your host, Brock Segan. Uh, welcome to you know everybody that's still alive in the playoffs. Uh, if you know, maybe you're chomping at the bit here to... Uh, to Get some weekend streamers in your lineup for this weekend to help you move into the semi. So we are going to make sure uh, that we provide you with that as quickly as we can. Because as of right now, it is 4.20 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so we're going to try to pump this episode out as quickly as possible so you can make those pickups for Friday night. Uh, we are going to talk about four teams that play on the Friday-Sunday schedule this weekend and players that you can uh, pick up from those squads uh, that should be readily available in your leagues to help you push you into the semifinals. And in the second half of the show, we're going to take a look at the semifinals week and talk about some players that you can stream uh, that start the week with a Monday-Wednesday schedule uh, because next week's schedule looks a little funky. Only one game on Sunday, so that, that Friday-Sunday stream isn't going to be quite as useful as it normally is. So we're going to focus on a opening the week with Monday-Wednesday streamers. Uh, but before we get into all this, I want to welcome in Dylan D. Berthiam and Michael B's Bondi. As always, D, how's it going, bud? I'm uh, doing good, Brock. Hanging on uh, by a thread. Uh, it's my fantasy hockey life this season. Um, not looking great. Got absolutely no shot of taking the goalie category. So a big weekend to, to basically sweep the skater stats. So, um, you know, most of my fantasy attention has shifted to baseball at this point, but I, I got enough to uh, to warrant doing this podcast still. So you guys are lucky. Um, <laughs> and Beebs, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going great over here. I will say, as uh, as the manager of that league, I do have to step in and say that although D might get knocked out this year, um, he's had some absolutely killer years the last five or six years, and I have just been giving him the the winner or the league winner pot consistently. So it's nice to you know not have to send him an e transfer for once in my life. Um, and I am also still going in that league. So it's, it's really good. Um, you know, so, so just things really, really going in B's favor as D is just over there. Um, you know, just getting, just getting crying. He's crying right now. Um, I know. Can't I'm denying this, the listeners. He is the, crying. Uh, the B uh, semifinals, which is the real crying yeah. here. 
people wanted to see it. Um, but anyways, you know, I'm doing okay. I was incredibly worried. Colorado, um, as people know, I love to just stack them. And my whole lineup was basically avalanche. So when they got COVID, it was, uh, it was a scary game. And I was literally like not sleeping on Sunday night thinking about the week ahead, but we had free agent pickups. We had some sweet streams and that's why we listened to the show. Cause, uh, things helped and uh we picked up some good guys off the wire that saved my ass for one more week and now i get to ride the avs all the way to the ship here we go so yeah, have we, a good day good we've week. had some uh terrific streaming targets over the last few weeks hat tricks and and what have you going crazy so uh hopefully we can continue that streak this week um honestly you know d you said you kind of shifted your focus over to baseball i mean i'm, I'm trying to but my baseball team is just trash <laughs> i don't know anything about baseball so my team is horrendous i've been shifting my focus to dfs like more and more every year like i play in less season-long leagues and play mostly DraftKings as it is and this week Rock's was literally a degenerate gambler just more and more every year is basically what he's saying this week like- was the biggest by far the biggest week I've had in DFS. Like I, I finished second in three contests in over a span of four days. I'm like, can I get a win, somebody? But second, you know, still decent prizes. But I was just like, I can't, I can't. Like after playing DFS so much, it's so hard to be like, I want to wait six months to get my, you know, five hundred dollars from season long. I just do, yeah, basically just love. Hey, perfect timing, much. Brock. It's about a podcast bonus season. So me and D are. Uh... You know, just perfect. Perfect time you to start winning there. There you, there you go. go. I don't know <laughs> yes, if you heard of that is... season, but it totally exists. <laughs> we have to hit 25 episodes for those kick in. And season's running short this year, so I don't wow. know. But all right, let's all talk right. about some weekend streamers for this weekend. As I mentioned, four teams, Boston, Buffalo, New York Rangers, and Philadelphia Flyers with the Friday-Sunday schedule. So we'll start up top with the Boston Bruins. Uh, the first pickup, who is probably, you know, chances are not available in your league. But if he is, David Krejci at 42% owned, definitely a viable target right now. Uh, since Taylor Hall came over from the Buffalo Sabres, that second line has been producing at a very impressive clip. Um, if David Krejci isn't available, uh, Craig Smith could potentially be, uh, depending on your league. Craig Smith is a slightly higher owned, but David Krejci and Craig Smith both uh, definitely worthy targets. If neither one of them are available, though, Nick Ritchie at 17% owns probably your next best option. Big uh, playing on the third line with Charlie Coyle now, <laughs> but uh, he still has that power play one exposure. So, uh, D, we'll start with you. Obviously, David Krejci would be probably the preferred option from this group, uh, especially uh, if you're thin at center. But if he's not available, you know, we talked about Nick Ritchie quite a bit this year, more than we ever expected to uh, make a case for him. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, it's not that difficult, right? Um, the the real driving force behind him, if you're feeling lucky, is the fact that he's on that power play unit, usually um, banging around the front of the net, right? So um, it's not a steady, consistent source of goals, but the possibility is always there on a given night. So, um, you know, obviously Friday, Sunday, if you feel lucky, maybe the, the Bruins get an extra power player to each of those games, ups the chances a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you can't get anyone in the top six, he's definitely the obvious option there. Yeah, I'm not necessarily flying for Big Nick, but like you said, that PV1 exposure is nice, and, and it could lead to you know him going off for a week. And if that's the case, then uh, we'd be high five and Brock next show. The one good thing is if you you know are able to listen to this show before the uh, roster lock on Friday, uh, Friday's game does come against the Buffalo Sabers, who you know have been playing better the hockey. First, he's been a beast. Yeah. Uh, Yuko Pekka Lekkanen or whatever his name is makes his NHL <laughs> debut Some of the tonic tonight, Ks, yeah. Yeah, 6K is what they call him. Uh, I think probably the first and only name in the world with 6Ks. But, uh, yeah, he, he makes his NHL That's debut. But, yeah, Dustin Tukarski, 4-1-0 for the boy. I mean, yeah, NHL star of the week man. last week? Come on, good for him. It I was so funny. thing. He might have earned himself a job next year. That's awesome. It's good to Maybe. see. He's like 31. Yeah, and, and no one, everyone remembers, you know, uh, Pierre Maguire just absolutely <laughs> losing his shit in the world. <laughs> juniors like 10 years ago over Tukarski. So you love to see him come back. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe Pierre will lose his shit one more time. Dude. Okay. So I was actually just going to bring that up because I was listening um, to their game. They were a national broadcast game last week. I believe it was against the Penguins and Tukarski played pretty well, but it was hilarious because like every single person, or at least every single Canadian that thinks of Tukarski just thinks of unbelievable by Tukarski when Pierre just loses his shit. But then like Pierre was talking about Tukarski. But like he was like, it was like he was trying not to bring that that happened up. He's like, yeah, like I was there in 2006 or whatever year, 2011 when it happened. Like it was, he was pretty good in the tournament. I'm like, Pierre, come on. We all know. It's an iconic wa- Canadian moment. You guys <laughs> yeah. should just ride with it. I know for sure. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm like, he's, he's got to talk about it. But he's like, I was there. Uh, he played pretty well. 
Like, okay, Pierre, shut yeah. up. Uh, but he's right. in the booth drooling all over himself. But anyways. Freaking out. Uh, so yeah, in Buffalo on Friday, as I mentioned, and in Pittsburgh on Sunday. So pretty good matches for the Bruins this week. Uh, the second team is the Buffalo Sabres, who obviously Our play boys. the Bruins tonight. And then in New York on Sunday. Uh, they've got a number of, of targets, uh, surprisingly. You know, the offense has woken up a little bit. Uh, firing Ralph Kruger really seems to have gotten this team going again. Uh, Victor Olsen would be your primary target at 35%. Obviously, a focal point on that top power play unit can really fire it. Uh, plays at even strength with Sam Reinhart and Jeff Skinner. Uh, Casey Middlestad, we've talked about him a couple episodes in a row now. He's been extremely effective. Uh, we've talked about how it's kind of the one lone bright spot uh, for the Sabres this season has really been the resurgence of Casey Middlestad. Uh, 21% owned for him. Uh, if neither one of them are available, if you need help down the middle, Dylan Cousins is back in the lineup. Obviously not having, you know, poaching terrific numbers. Um, but that third line has really been kind of just uh, like they play the most up-tempo game like I've He's ever seen. Like when you look at when you look at that. Um, He's, you know, they just play an extremely up-tempo game. Uh, and his shot volume has been really, really solid. Uh, since returning, he's been just firing the puck on net. So obviously, you know, Casey Middlestad is probably more likely to to finish uh, to score. But in April, Dylan Cousins has six assists and 23 shots in seven games. Um, and then Tage Thompson, if you can't, Tage Thompson has been okay. Uh, he's cooled off a little bit. He was red hot for a period of time. He does have seven points in his last 14 games. But over that time, 43 shots on goal, averaging 15 minutes a night. So they do have a number of players. Uh, Beebs, we'll start with you here. Of the four, who would you most want? I think there's a case here for three of four in here, which is actually crazy surprising because we're talking about the Buffalo Savers at the end of the year. But um, I'm going to, uh, first off, I want Casey Middlestad as number one. Um, it's just, you know, the production lately, I would have thought Olafson, but he just hasn't quite done it lately. And Middlestad's just been, you know, he's kind of been the guy in Buffalo this last little bit. And, uh, and you know, what? You're, you're, they're both PP1 guys here. So it's not like, you know, they're straying much off. It's just Middlestad on that second line. But I mean, he's away from Jeff Skinner. So maybe that's a bonus for him as well. But Dylan Cousins actually surprising the hell out of me right now. Also getting PP one time, 19 minutes of ice in their last game. That's something to keep an eye on. Like we mentioned last episode, you know, Buffalo is going to give ice to these guys that they want to see for next year. And I think Dylan Cousins is sliding right into that area. You said it, shooting a ton, playing a ton. You're going to shoot a ton when you get 19 minutes of ice. So uh, I really like Dylan Cousins as well as a pickup. If you need the assists, even like you said, he's got the shots. The goals might come, but the assists are there. So if the goals come, he's over a point per game since his return. So. He moved to power play one uh, last game as well. Yeah, uh, D, how about you? Love it. Uh, I got to go with friend of the show, Victor Olofsson. Um, it just comes down to yeah. shot volume and, you know, just the assuredness of his role. Um, you know, most of these guys, um, very, you know, certainly a lot of potential with guys like Middlestad and Cousins down the line. But um, even though they've been getting some more ice time lately, their, you know, their role and their ice time still a lot more volatile uh, than Olofsson. And he's just more reliable. You're lucky if Middlestad gets a shot on net right now. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, like we've seen the last couple of years, he's going to fire a couple shots on net each game, and he's got a really heavy shot to boot. Um, like we've talked about, basically, anytime you mention the, the Sabres power play since he's been over, it's basically designed to get him uh, one-timers in the slot. So he'd be my number one pick, but I certainly think either Middlestad or Cousins are a fine consolation prize. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not reaching for Tage Thompson. I think there's better options. Out there. <laughs> no, no, no. Middlestad, seven goals, three assists, 10 points in his last 13 games, playing an average of 16.55 per game. Uh, Olsen, six points, three goals, three assists in his last 11, playing 17 and a half minutes tonight. Uh, the New York Rangers would be our third team to attack here uh, from a streaming perspective. Uh, they've got the Flyers on Friday, then the Sabres on Sunday. So a very nice schedule setting up for the New York Rangers. Uh, from them, though, they really don't have a whole lot uh, to pick through. Uh, you know, they're... Uh, a lot of their production is very condensed. Uh, they don't really, they have a couple <laughs> a of players little. that get the job done and they're very highly owned, but Alexi Lafreniere at 26% is kind of worth a look at this point in time, just because he is on that top line with Mika Zibanejad and Pavel Buchnevich. Um, you know, how does he still from, only get like nine minutes of ice a game? So well, and, and honestly, like they've tried this a couple times this year and that, that line's underlying numbers are just horrendous. Uh, you know, they haven't even been that great with, with Chris Kreider this year. You know, it's a far cry from what they've done. They did a year ago, but, 
Uh, I mean, the, the opportunity should still be there, half decent. Uh, but I think Colin Blackwell would be the guy that I would prefer in this mm-hmm. spot, playing on the second line with Stroman Panarin. Just a better line overall at 5v5. And uh, Blackwell has chipped in six goals, six assists, 12 points in his last 14 games. So he is getting the job done, just 16% owned. Uh, D, obviously the Rangers, not quite the powerhouse they were a season ago, but they've really come on strong here in the last uh, week or so, or month or so, really. Um, you know, Blackwell or the Frenier for you? Um, it's tough uh, because, you know, you just see Lafreniere skating on that top line and he, and he gets you excited. But, you know, the reality is he's not seen that many shifts each game. He's not getting a lot of ice time. Um, so while it is, you know, some prime ice whenever he is out there, I do think Blackwell is just a more reliable option when we're talking about streamers. Um, you just want as much opportunity as possible to, you know, get on the score sheet. And I, I think when you're looking at the difference between a guy getting – 20 or 22 minutes of ice across the two games as opposed to 30 it's obviously um you know a pretty big increase on your chances of, of getting lucky there so um I, i've been steady with my opinion on lafreniere and, and redraft leagues all season long i just don't think he's getting enough ice time uh to really warrant a roster spot and unfortunately i think i gotta say the same thing for this weekend yeah um i kind of alluded to it earlier with my my question about the nine minutes of ice time on lafreniere i'm not really jumping the gun on that one um, I just I can't put that in my lineup, but I am actually riding Colin Blackwell on my uh, my team of COVID COVID Warriors. So um, just really for me, he's just the hot hand right now. And uh, they're both kind of when when you're picking at a two, uh, I, I don't mean to sound rude here, but two really bad choices. Um, you got to choose one. And I guess that's Blackwell and he's just playing hotter right now. So that's what does it for me. Laugh is way more exciting on a way better line. Um, gets more shots but uh you know colin blackwell playing with panner and strome i mean he's he's getting random apples and we'll take those so yeah I guess he, colin blackwell is my answer he's, blackwell's also seen some power play time not on the top power play unit but yeah, he is seen second some unit two there. time uh as well so he is you know he's been a very serviceable uh player for them this year i guess just one other player i, I think is maybe worth mentioning if you need help on d uh, he didn't play a ton in his season de- or his NHL debut, but Zach Jones might be an option. He's probably 0% owned. He's a third-round pick in 2019, just signed after his second year at UMass. Uh, but he is kind of filling in for Jacob Truba on that second power play unit. Uh, I think he had three shots in like nine minutes in his debut yesterday. Uh, I would imagine he continues to play a little bit more here uh, as he gets you know acclimated to the NHL. So if you do need help on D, somebody that's got power play, uh exposure and he's obviously um you know available in almost every single league and they have a game on friday sunday so it's not obviously a sexy name i'm sure there's other defensemen out there as well but i just wanted to mention him uh, as we talk about the rangers and then the final team with four games or four games two games on friday and sunday is the philadelphia flyers uh they are in new york on friday and then against the devils on sunday so as i mentioned rangers playing much better as of late uh so maybe not a great matchup friday but a very tasty matchup on Sunday. Uh, Kevin Hayes would probably be the primary target from the Flyers on the waiver wire. Uh, another team that's got a very concentrated, uh, you know, offense and a lot of their top end guys are, are, are very highly owned. So it's slim pickings in Philadelphia. So he's 39% owned. So still probably not widely available. Um, and then the second uh, player is probably Wade Allison, who's also available in 100% of leagues right now. Um, if you Google him, apparently there is some. There's an author, another guy who's done some nefarious things. Uh, just scroll yeah. down a little bit, you'll find his uh, hockey DB page. He was a second awesome pick. Yeah, yes, he does. Uh, it matches the Philadelphia jersey. I'll say that. Yes, it does. <laughs> it, it very Claude Giroux esque. Um, they just love him out there. I mean, they got Claude Giroux, they got Jakob Voracek, now Wade Allison. But, anyways, Allison, tw- uh, second round pick in 2016, Arts. four years at Western Michigan, mm-hmm. nine points in eight, uh, eight AHL games this season, comes in, scores a goal um, in his first four NHL games. The only reason I'm even bringing him up is that, you know, he is in the top six. He's playing on the second line with Kevin Hayes, also seen power play one time with Claude Giroux, uh, Sean Couture, Shane Gossesbear, and Jakob Voracek. So the opportunity is certainly there. Uh, I'm sure many of you have never even heard of him. Uh, I know a couple people on this show had never even heard of him, but uh, wait, out. So when, when did is, you hear of him? Last week? Yeah, last night. When he got called up, I was like, hey, let's Google this guy. And then yeah, I, you know, go. every day he keeps moving up and down the up and down the depth chart in uh, – in Philadelphia. So yeah, 10 shots in four games is pretty solid. 14 minutes a night. I mean, it's, it's not sexy, but um, it's there. 
I guessed uh I guessed he was the son of Jamie Allison, who isn't even the famed Jason Allison. Um and after seeing how this guy looks, they're definitely not children or uh related. But um that's children. how I tried to them. <laughs> um so I failed real hard on the boy Allison here. I'll say that as well. Um but let's just move on because uh, we've talked <laughs> probably the most yeah. ever about Wade Allison than any fantasy show ever will. I don't know what else we could say about him after that kind of analysis from Beeves there. So I think we just... <laughs> so he's <laughs> not related right to him. That's uh, Big Kev, I think, is a great shout this weekend. Kevin Hayes would yeah. be a, a great <laughs> steal if Big you could, uh, grab him off the wire. Shane Glasses, Bear, if you need help on D, also only 9% owned, as I mentioned, on that top power play unit as well. So not a whole lot uh, in terms of the Friday-Sunday streaming options this weekend. Uh, but there are four teams. There are two teams that also have the sun Saturday, Sunday back to back. Uh, so if you're needing some help in goal, um, on Sunday, you can look to New Jersey. Ew. If, you, if you're desperate, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood looks like he's going to be back Saturday. I imagine that leaves either Aaron Dell or Scott Wedgwood for the flyers on Ooh. Sunday. I think either one of those teams, like 40 <laughs> And yeah, he's he's got yanked in his last start, but it's fine. Um, Blackwood's down to forty right now, so he's actually you might be able to get him on the wire. Yeah, um, in Pittsburgh on Saturday potentially, um, he could be the the option on Sunday as well. And the other team is the Penguins uh, against New Jersey and against the uh, Bruins on Sunday. So um, you would imagine Casey DeSmith gets one of those two starts. Um, rumor has it that he was the first goaltender off the ice today. That's not normally. Uh, something that we really look into, but that could mean he gets to start Saturday, which would be a really nice, uh, I, I would go ahead and add him now um, and hope that he does get that Saturday start against the Devils. They, they should crush the Devils again. Uh, so dismiss makes a, a very nice spot start on Saturday if that ends up being the case. And then if he doesn't, you're almost guaranteed he's going to get the start Sunday. However, that is against the Bruins, so not quite as sexy, but uh, only 31% owned for Casey DeSmith. So um, anything else to add on either the Devils or the Penguins netminers, D? Uh, friend of the show, Casey Smith, he'd be a great pickup this weekend. <laughs> yeah, nothing more we can add there. I, I don't want right. to touch most going on there, but yeah, friend of the show, Casey Smith. Keep an eye on that guy. All right, so if you need to pause the show now um, and go and pick all of these guys up because they obviously need to be in your Every fantasy lineups one. this weekend, go ahead and hit that pause button while I open another <laughs> beer. And yeah, we will get to the next with Wade Allison. Not sponsored he, yet. He's just going to skyrocket his ownership. <laughs> when Wade Allison, when Wade Allison gets the five percent owned by Sunday, as I say, if he gets the one percent owned, I'll be mind blown. He's scoring two this weekend. Chalk it up. The DFO push. I'm going to put him in my DraftKings lineups tonight, and he's going to win. He's going to pull a Yakub Rana four Genos. Uh, sorry, I just had to bring that up. Obviously, yeah, I was going to say. Um, I'm surprised it took this right. long. So Monday, Wednesday, next week is busy. Uh, so, you know, your yeah. lineups are probably going to be a little bit more full than they normally are on a Monday and Wednesday, but you really don't have a whole lot of options because Friday's pretty thin. Looks like it's about six or seven games on Friday. And as I mentioned, um, Sunday, there's only one game. Actually, Friday, there's only – looks like four games Friday – one game Sunday. So really you're not, you don't have a whole lot to, to go off of here. So Monday, Wednesday is really going to be when you have to cram these guys into your lineup. Uh, if you want to go ahead and add Curtis McElhaney to your lineup, he's probably going to start Saturday or Sunday against the Red Wings. Uh, he's coming off of his best performance of the season. So maybe you want to add him his now. Make only sure good he's performance on of the season. His only good performance, but he's got the Red Wings on the weekend. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's always, that's you know, the only goalie that's going to be starting on Sunday. If you hey, wings are hot right now. They got Verona, the four goal scorer. He's watch he's, out. he's incredible. It's the best trade ever in the history of the NHL. Oh, uh, but all right, let, let's talk about Monday, Wednesday. Um, we'll just start up. You know, I'll, we're running down this list alphabetically. We'll start in Anaheim, uh, where to me the best option would be Ricard Raquel at twenty three percent owned. Uh, Ricard Raquel is really the only one on that team at this point in time that you can rely on for you know anything close to consistent shot volume. Uh, he has not been what you would call hot uh, as of late. But the shot volume has been pretty solid. Um, you know, dating back to the middle of March, he has only six points in his last 13 games, but he's fired 30 shots on goal. So pretty solid shot volume from Ricard Raquel. Um, D, we've talked about this guy quite a bit this year. Um, so we'll start with you because, Beebs, I know you've got somebody else that you're looking at uh, from 
the Ducks. But, D, what do you think about Ricard Raquel? Yeah, I think it's exactly what you're looking for when you're talking about um, a streamer fitting some extra games in your lineup. You want a guy that's going to be playing a lot of minutes. You want a guy that's going to be getting power play time. And you want a guy who's going to be um, firing the puck on that or at least creating chances. And he, and he certainly takes a ton of shots. Um, you know, if you, if you do have a shots league, it's a good chance he's already owned. But, of, of course, it'd be a huge boost there. But, um, yeah, always a good chance that the guy's going to find the back of the net or he's always a decent bet when he's, you know, firing three or four shots a game. So, um, yeah, it's exactly what you look for, even if it's, you know, someone who, um, you know, is kind of a, a notoriously poor finisher, at least over the last two or three years. Still someone, uh, like I said, that fits the mold perfectly of uh, what you want to fit into your lineup. Yeah, and the bonus for, for Raquel would be that they also play Friday, so you're going to get three streaming days out of him. And all three of those games are against the LA Kings, who are not known as the best defensive team in the West Division. Uh, so pretty decent matchups for him for those three games. Uh, obviously, if he's got a good matchup, the whole team's got a good matchup. Who else are you looking at, Beebs? Yeah, I Raquel just didn't quite do it for me, so I, I figured there had to be someone else out in there getting a little bit better looks. And uh, for me, it's Maxime Comtois. Some of you guys might remember him from the World Juniors a few, few years ago as well. 22% owned right now, which is only 1% under um, Ricard Raquel. As we've talked about, you know, I'm kind of on the hot hand today. And uh, five points in the last five games playing on Power Play 1 as well as line, I believe it's one or two. Um, but either way, he's in that top six where Raquel is is not at this time. Um, and then eight points in his last 10 games for Comtois. He just kind of, it's kind of weird with this guy. He, 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 he goes, he was shooting a ton, was averaging about three shots per night. And then they ran into Vegas and he put up a, a giant, uh, a giant egg. Um, and then they ran into LA and he put up another egg. So I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So he was shooting. Um, but I mean, he's not afraid to shoot and he's on PP one there. I just, for me, Comtois stands out a little bit more. He seems to just be getting it done a bit more lately. Um, and I've been burned too much by Raquel. That's probably why I hate that guy now. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes are the second team. Um, like the Ducks, they also have the Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. Uh, Monday, Wednesday comes in San Jose, so obviously a pretty good matchup there. The Sharks have been really leaky as of late. Friday is against the Golden Knights, so not quite as interesting. But... Phil Kessel is a guy that we need to be talking about here. I was very surprised to see that he is still just 39% owned. Did you know that in Phil Kessel's last 17 games, he is a point-per-game player? Seven goals, 10 assists, 17 points in his last 17 games, firing 43 shots on goal over that span for a 16.3 shooting percentage. Uh, I have been talking about Phil Kessel a lot this year um, on the DFO DFS show because I really can't quite figure out why they have him playing with Johan Larson pretty much the entire season. (laughs) Johan Larson is their best shutdown center and they put Phil with him and it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, But Connor Garland now out for, uh, he's week to week, so could miss the rest of the regular season. Phil Kessel moves up to the second line with Christian Dvorak. So a little bit of a better opportunity uh, for Phil. And he's just been getting it done regardless of what line he's on. 17 in his last 17. D, you are our Maple Leafs truther. You love this guy. Loves him. We all love him. He's a fr- another friend of the show. Um, yeah. But just he's really nice to see Phil getting her done. Obviously, I don't think I have to. you have to make too big of a case for him. But help me out a little. Yeah, I, first off, I just want to extend my best to a longtime friend of the show, Connor Garland. Hope we uh, see him back on the ice as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, but right, yeah, how do you not love a guy that just fires home hot dogs every day on the way to the rink and, you know, scores 40 goals for the for the Leafs, or sorry, 37. But um, yeah, he's, he's always been a bit of an icon for me. Um, and yeah, don't look now, like you say, Brock, having a bit of a bounce back season at 833 in Arizona. He's, you know, pretty close to popping when he did last year across 70 games. Uh, and doing it without the best, uh, you know, certainly not the most ideal usage. Um, and yeah, starting a lot more uh, D zones than we're ever really used to seeing. It's the first time he's been above a, a 40% um, defensive zone start percentage since the 2014-15 season. So even with being a little bit more pen back at uh, even strength, uh, he's certainly come on of late. Uh, and yeah, not the type of value that you'd expect to find on the wire at this point in the season. And uh, maybe it's a case of, um, you know, people falling uh, attention, maybe 
tailing off towards the end of the season, whether they be not making the playoffs or getting bumped out of the playoffs. And uh, that's causes He's actually going to down. As as he can. He's been yeah, going down well, 4% in the last day, which is just crazy to me. Um, after yeah. he played 19 minutes the other night, the first well, night play, Garland was out, he played 19 and a half. Because um, that is true. Uh, they have people getting desperate. Yeah, they got LA, LA Saturday, and he could just be out for that. That is very true. Um, yeah. But even after, um, after playing 19 and a half first game, Garland's out the other night. Yeah. But like I said, just not the type of production or value you expect to find on the wire at this point in the season. Um, you know, could be a bit of a liability at plus minus. And, you know, you might have to take that into consideration. But, you know, if anything, I, I don't really like to play to plus minus until the end of the week. And we're, we're talking about, you know, starting off the week with us extra games anyway. So I like Kessel a lot. He probably might. Uh, pick of the bunch here and uh, yeah like I said 39% just uh, way too low for uh, his production at this point here yeah Another I, thing I, I know I as well oh, sorry just one more thing Biebs uh, I, I know I, I talked about just his last 17 games but even if you scale all the way back to the middle of February 27 points in his last 32 games uh, that's a 69 point per 82 game pace really uh, an incredible bounce back season for him here for the last two months uh, sorry to cut you off, Beebs. I just wanted to interject just a little bit more Phil love before you uh, hammer at home here. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna just top off that Phil love. They're playing San Jose the first two games next week, so that is enough reason I want to go after Phil. San Jose is a tire fire right now. Um, not a tire fire, but they're not great, and uh, it should be point night. You don't have to worry. They they have Vegas once next week, um, but other than that, um, that's really the only scary game for them. So that makes that a very sexy streaming move, even more sexy for Phil. Um, okay, so but, so we've built the Sunday. You yep. just put some fudge on top. Here's uh-huh. the cherry. Four I'm games against the Sharks this year. Phil Kessel has seven goals in four games against the Sharks. So just oh, come yeah. on. Just pick him up. Line him up. Let's go. Um, if he's not available, though, there is a couple other options. Nick Schmaltz probably being the primary option. Um, we talked about this guy a lot this year. We talked about Garland. We talked about Keller. Um, that line's not quite as good when Garland's not there, so they could struggle uh, a little bit without Garland, but um, he's still playing pretty well. He has 10 points, three goals, seven and assists in his last 14 games. So Phil the Thrill is unavailable. Nick Schmaltz at 15% uh, should be. Do you guys have anything to add on Schmaltz? Nope. Said it well. Okay. Could not have said it better myself, so I won't. Instead, I will let us move on. I won't drag on or anything like that. We can just move on to the next <laughs> player. Go ahead. All right, the Colorado Avalanche. Um, they, too, this. have the Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. Uh, so, yeah, Miko Rantanen is out. Um, he He's on the COVID-19 reserve list. Um, Jonas Donskoy is as well. So we know for sure that Miko Rantanen will not be playing Monday in St. Louis. Um, their target date for him is Wednesday in Vegas. So he could be back, which could hinder um, this next player we're going to talk about. But you know you're going to get a good Monday out of him. And that is Andre Burakovsky at just 31% owned in Miko Rantanen's absence. Burakovsky has moved up to the top line with Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog. He had a two-goal performance on Thursday. Beebs, you are a resident Avalanche fan. Give us some Andre Burakovsky love. Uh, I don't think I need much more after you just saying what he did on that first line. Um, I was actually quite shocked to see him only at 31%. Just seems like a guy who's kind of been just so – he hasn't left the top six in Colorado all year. I tossed him in on that line. It looked like uh, – not to not to throw any shade at my boy Miko Randon, but it looked like Grantin wasn't even there last night. Um, Burakovsky was just – he was phenomenal. And him being on that, that top power play, while he's there, you, you're picking up – a a player who you're going to start over most anyone while he's in that position. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I just, I'm really on the Burakovsky love train while he's on that line. I mean, Rantanen's a, you know, he's a 25 goal guy. So you playing with, and we saw McKinnon get three apples last night. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too excited here, but I just think, uh, I do think he makes probably the sexiest pickup on this list until obviously, as you mentioned, um, COVID return Miko Rantanen comes back which in that case I mean he still has some value for you but it just falls right off in addition to playing on the top line with McKinnon and Landis Kogburakovsky also replaced Rantanen on the top power play unit so you couldn't ask for probably a better spot in the entire NHL than where Burakovsky is right now. Um, if Burakovsky who is again 31% owned is unavailable 
Brandon Saad at 10% might be a decent option as well. Uh, Brandon Saad's always kind of just been a player that's just a really, really good hockey player, but not so much a fantasy factor. Uh, but with Jonas Donskoy out of the lineup, he fact he moves to that third line, which actually might be a better spot for him than that second line with uh, Nazem Kadri. That third line we've talked about, it has just been um, – just so electric all year. They are one of the best four-checking lines in the entire NHL. They absolutely dominate puck possession. Um, so him moving down there with Yost and Nachushkin is might be better for him offensively. Uh, the issue with Brandon Saad here is last three games, 12 and a half, 10, and 13 minutes uh, of ice. But he has a goal in each one of those games. So I, I don't love, you know... Brandon Saad, but I think he's a decent option here at 10% on. Uh, I think Valerie Nachushkin is probably just as good of a pickup as well. They're both going to see some power play usage with Donskoy and Saad, or uh, Donskoy and Ranson and out. But uh, D, anything to add on these couple Avalanche players? Um, yeah, Burakovsky, I think he's worth to add, even if you're just getting the one game out of him next week. Um, we've seen, you know, over the last three or four seasons, whoever steps into that mold with, um, you know, whichever one of McKinnon, Landis, Gogger, Ranton is missing, maybe not McKinnon, but, you know, whichever one of the two wingers is missing, they they always tend to build that production quite seamlessly. So, uh, yeah, that's a really attractive uh, pickup, even if it's just for the one game. So I'd probably leave to deeper leagues just because I think a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about, um, you know, much more established roles on their team this season. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a lot or they're going to get some decent power play time, a lot better looks at even strength. Saad's a, a good bottom six player, but um, that, that's, you know, I, I think you can do better than that. Uh, this week in standard leagues. So he's a good shout in deeper leagues, but I think you need more opportunity uh, in 10 and 12 man leagues. All right. uh, Moving on from the avalanche, we now have the Edmonton Oilers who, uh, when we look at their waiver wire again, if we're talking concentrated offenses, which I feel like we've talked about a couple times on the show, they don't really come more concentrated than Edmonton. It is a Connor and Leon show every single night, but Jesse Pugliarvi has been a guy that we talked about quite a bit on the show this year for obvious reasons. Um, he's really become a mainstay on that top line with Connor McDavid. Um, and he's playing probably his best hockey of the entire season right now. Uh, he has three goals in three consecutive games. Um, and then if you really want to just move back a little bit, he has nine points in his last 14 games. Uh, but his last three is really what we want to focus on just because obviously he scored in three straight, uh, but he played 18 minutes the other night. He is going to continue to skate with Connor McDavid uh, this weekend. Uh, the other guy that, you know, we could maybe shout out, I, I don't really want to, but Dominic Cahoon as well, if Pugliarvi um, is unavailable. So Cahoon has really struggled to get anything going at all with uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto this season. But to, for the first time ever, he's going to be playing with Connor McDavid on Saturday. So it's not the greatest thing ever, but if he, you know, maybe he has a pretty good game there on Saturday and he sticks there for next week, I, it would definitely be something you're going to want to How many times have we said that, though, like with McDavid's wingers? I just more feel bad for McDavid, but I, I agree. No, 100%. 100%. It, but, it, you know, if he, I'm just saying, if he has a decent no, game Saturday absolutely. there, then going into Winnipeg on Monday and Wednesday, maybe he's worth a look. But definitely, Yessi Pooley Yarby is the one that you're going to want. Somebody we've talked about a ton on the show. I don't know. Do you guys really have anything else to add? I mean, he plays with McDavid and he's got goals in three straight. I think a uh, flashback to D's point about Brandon Saad. If you're going to get Brandon Saad and Puyarvi's right there at 13%, I'm taking Puyarvi all day uh, 100%. In, that, in that position. So, yeah. So, Puyarvi, I think he makes a nice, definitely nice look here, especially, you know, three goals, one assist since returning from injury there. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Just, just streaming 101, right? You pick up the guys yeah. that are playing with the best players in the league, and it's been true since, you know, the last 10 or 15 years since Crosby and Ovechkin broke into the league and it's still true today with Alexa McDavid and Dreisaitl so yeah I think they're both good shouts and even Yamamoto if uh, in deeper leagues just even for the even strength minutes with Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins is a, is a decent look as well I was surprised yeah I, I wanted to include Yamamoto here but he's 41% owned I was a little bit surprised at how high his own percentage what? is he's really done absolutely nothing all season <laughs> 20, 20 points on the year so uh yeah I was I was stunned when I saw that 40% um, of leagues have no adjusted rosters the only thing could potentially be, you know, maybe he got a bump. I didn't look too hard into it. Maybe he got a bump when uh, R&H was out because he did move up to the top power play unit, but it's not like he did anything anyway. So, um, all right. Speaking of playing with the best players in the league, D, your boy, Alex Iafalo, definitely plays with one of them. Plays mm-hmm. with Anze Kopitar a ton. He's only 11% owned. Uh, but Iafalo, you know, for as much 
kind of flack as we've given him in the past just for really not doing a whole lot uh, with his opportunity. Has had a pretty solid season, 26 points in 42 games. He's averaged averaged over 20 minutes a night That's uh, so he's just he, he he's just playing a ton uh it's hard to find that kind of opportunity at forward on the waiver wire um he's been okay over the last you know month and a half here he has 13.6 goals seven assists in his last 20 games um not a whole lot of shot volume out of the guy 20 or 40 shots in 20 games so exactly two shots per game but uh he has you know plays 20 minutes a night with Anze Kopitar he is on the top power play unit as well. So I think there is a decent case to be made here for Iofalo in deeper leagues. Um, if not him, Andreas Athanasiu. But, like, I mean, then we're just getting super desperate. But, D, <laughs> this is your guy. Give, give us some Iofalo love here. Um, yeah, it's, again, exactly what you're looking for out of your streamers, right? He's going to be playing a ton. Um, unfortunately, you know, not the most maybe offensively gifted or, uh, gifted or creative player. Um, but, you know, industrious. He's going to eat a ton of minutes. Um, and a good two-way player. You know, they, they get the puck out of their end rather effectively, uh, and they spend a lot of time in the other end. So there's always, uh, you know, the opportunity um, to capitalize. And, you know, he's been more productive uh, this season than, than we're used to seeing out of him. So, yeah, I think he's a great shout because, um, like I said, it, it, he just fits the mold perfectly. He's going to be playing a lot. He's getting the power play time. He's got some decent line mates as well. So industrious yeah. has to be the nicest way to say not very good that i've ever heard <laughs> hard working industrious what a what a compliment but uh if you did it uh, off uh, building off of what teach said if he did have you know any type of i mean he has some but if he had i'm being harsh but if he had any type of offensive bone this guy would be 100 percent owned in leagues with that type of usage i think we're almost seeing dustin brown round two starting to get formed he, here uh, uh yeah, it's just go go ahead there. Yeah, give your boys. I was some just love. gonna say he kind of reminds me of it, like just Zach Hyman that hasn't quite come full circle in, in the yeah. same aspect that Hyman has. Exactly. So maybe he will, and maybe he'll have a yeah. what is it 30, 36 and forty something. He's games. a really yeah, he's a really reliable player, and we've seen multiple coaches come through and just feel more than you know uh, comfortable giving him 18, 19, yeah. 20 minutes a game. And yeah, you could so. make a case to have this guy all year, have to have had him and justify it all year. And I would sit there and go, yeah, that makes sense because he just gets so much ice. He plays on that top line. He plays that top. Yeah. Um, besides his injuries, he's been pretty steady. So I was going to say, he is basically the exact same thing as Zach Hyman, and it's true. But <laughs> he is now here, just to, just, just, just to kind of frame it in a different way, is he just maybe not quite as good as Zach Hyman, or is the fact that he plays People with Kopitar him. in a more defensive posture as opposed to playing with, like, you know, Austin Matthews every single night. You know, I, I, not every single night. Obviously, Hyman's been bounced around a little bit. Like, I, could I fall be pretty good if he played with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner? Like, I think he would. I think, I think, I think yeah, he'd a be lot really of people good. could be pretty good if he did that. He'd be very industrious <laughs> on that line. He would be incredibly industrious on that line. I don't know if you guys Nick, fully understand. He's <laughs> <laughs> hardworking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs> You don't work hard on that line. Adam Ernie could also bang on that line. Um, sorry, keep going. If Nick Foligno can, anybody can. Shots fine. Yeah. Um, all right, Montreal Canadiens, uh, they have, again, the full Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule for next week, um, which a, a lot of teams apparently do. Uh, so yeah, in Calgary Monday, uh, Toronto on Wednesday, Winnipeg on Friday. So not exactly the greatest um, – matchups i mean toronto's goaltending is struggling a little bit but they all for all intents and purposes this year um they've been a very reliable defensive team the jets have connor hellebuck the 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 flames have been really solid defensively uh since uh <laughs> since um daryl Sutter was hired <laughs> sorry this is you didn't know joel armia was finished his name is no, joel armia. i had no idea as joel armia <laughs> no yeah so yeah d spoiled it there but ul army at three percent owned is probably the only one really worth taking a look at um most of that being just the fact that the rest of this team is very highly owned uh but i will run through a couple ownerships here if you're maybe in a shallower league um where did it go here we go uh so yeah you're looking at uh, Josh Anderson, 64%. It's probably pretty high. Uh, but he's basically filling the role of Brendan Gallagher um, on a line that's completely dominant at 5v5. They really lack the um, you know the finishing ability usually, but Josh Anderson brings it to that line. So he's available in 60, you know, he's 64% owned, so probably not available. Nick Suzuki, a decent option as well. He's 
fifty percent. Cut you off really quick, just because I love cutting you off. Um, if it you're not fun. in a banger league, there's a good chance Josh Anderson is available because that's probably the thirty-six percent of leagues that, that he is available in. So, um, yeah, definitely worth a look. Okay, go on. Moving on. Um, so yeah, and then Nick Suzuki fifty percent. They're really the only two that are kind of right around that bubble that you would even consider. Um, and then outside of them, yeah, Yoel Armia is probably the one that is available. Only three percent owned. Eric, he's Stahl, currently on a line. He's currently on a line with uh, Nick Suzuki and Tyler Toffoli. So you really can't ask for a better spot to play in that Montreal lineup. Uh, Yoel Armia has always been a guy who is known uh, for his shot volume. Is a guy that likes to get the puck on net. Uh, he's also known for being Finnish. Uh, he had six shots on goal yep. um, in his most recent game. Uh, and then if we just kind of take a look at what he's done in the month of April, uh, only one assist in six games, um, but he's shooting. He's not. What am I looking at here? I was looking at hits. He's hitting. Uh, Yoel Arbia is normally a guy that's known for his shot volume, but he's only got six shots in his last six games. Uh, but he's hitting. Yeah, he is hitting. I don't know why. That's not a thing. Drop Joel Armia off the show suggestions. No, but like literally when he was on the third line, he was averaging like, yeah, when he was on the third line playing 15 Other guys tonight, who shoot better got it now. He had 30 shots in 10 games. Anyways, so you're going to look at Anderson and Suzuki primarily, but they're probably not available. Being industrious, Brock. Armia yeah. is industrious for sure. Um, all right, right, Ottawa, definitely a team that we are interested in, um, and mostly because, so they won me a decent chunk of money last night, which I'm cool with as well. Um, yeah i'm cool with that they (laughs) play in vancouver on monday and wednesday um and so last night was the first time all season that they were able to beat the vancouver canucks but i went back and looked at the previous five games and they were averaging like 38 shots per game against the canucks this season so so uh that is a lot of shots and no line really on that team shoots more than that top line with brady tk Josh Norris and Drake Batherson. So Drake Batherson, 25% owned. Uh, Josh Norris, 17% owned. And then if you want, uh, Timmy Stutzel at 19% owned. All of them uh, look pretty solid, but really uh, it's Batherson and it's Norris that have been playing extremely well uh, as of late. If we look just uh, at his last six games, four goals, three assists, seven points uh, for Drake Batherson, including a two-point night against the uh, Canucks yesterday, and then Josh Norris. And again, not only are these guys on the top line, they're also uh, both on the top power play unit as well. Uh, And then Josh Norris has just been red hot since basically the middle of March, 15 points, eight goals in his last 16 games. So, D, anytime we write the word Drake and Batherson together, uh, we immediately say, ah, it's D's boy. So, yeah, obviously you probably aren't going to have to sell people on him. But uh, 25% owned him, Stutzel, and Norris all look pretty solid. Who would be your pick of the bunch? And why is it Drake Batherson? Uh, I think if there was a theme to the DFO podcast this season, it would be Drake Batherson. Um, and it's probably because he's just been hot and cold enough that we've been able to recommend him like seven or eight times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, just everything you want. Um, you know, I, I like all three of them. Norris, you know, if uh, if you believe in the hot hand fallacy is, uh, is probably the pick of the bunch, actually, to, just with that, you know, uh, 15 or 16 game stretch that you, that you just mentioned, Brock. But um, I, I think, you know, all three of them certainly fit the mold that we talked about getting all the right ice time, getting all the right opportunity. Uh, and then Batherson's shot volume just gives him uh, the slight edge for me. Uh, and then as you guys know, he is my boy. Um, so of course that, that factors yeah. into the equation as well. But Stutzel has been firing the puck a, a lot lately. Um, and I just think he's going to be a fantastic hockey player. Um, I just got to say that much at least. <laughs> I- I think we're working with three fantastic hockey players here um, in the future, which is kind of scary. I think they, you know, they got, they got something here, especially with Brady TK worked in Um, for me though. I I love Josh Norris. I absolutely could not believe this guy's stats. Brock, as you said, you know, in his last, you had the last 16, but in in his last 14 days, he's the 13th highest scorer in the league. So that means for people who have been working to get into the playoffs or who have been in the playoffs, that is the 13th most points across the whole NHL, as well as in the last 30 days, he is a top 50 fantasy player. That's someone who's only again, 17% on that's crazy production. Um, Just something you love to see. And it's really um, for me what what I really last night, like you said, last night was the test, and Vancouver failed penalty after penalty. They look slow. 
Um, and they, that only helps these three guys out in Ottawa. Um, if they're going to get the power plays, they're going to be playing Vancouver, who's just, as we've talked about, has a ridiculous schedule. They're only going to look slower. They're going to be putting in more guys who have never really played. We might even see Mikey DiPietro in net this week, Windsor alert. Um, also someone who let in seven goals in his debut. So, um, you know, it's, he wasn't it, it ready. Just, it just, he wasn't, but it's also someone who might still not be ready. He hasn't played. Um, I do have a Vancouver friend who loves to inform me. He hasn't played in over a year and a half, and they're talking about putting him in now. Um, so if he's going in, you definitely, definitely want to look at Ottawa um, and, and and what they can what they can do that that game. Because like Brock said, if they're going to put forty shots on net on a goalie who hasn't played in a year, <laughs> it's hard to believe he's going to play though. They got Holby and Demko now. Like, there's no way he yeah, plays down I, the stretch. They they've talked about it, and really, really, what it is 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 if they, I think, if they kind of fall completely out, that's when it's going to yeah. happen. Um, and and they're not far off from that happening. But I mean, Montreal has a lot of say in that as well. But I, um, for me, yeah, I love Norris, but I also I I do really, really, really like Drake Batherson at the same time. Top power play, top line one. You said it. Um, these are probably my top picks of this whole thing besides Burakovsky. Um, yeah, yeah. And just the, the matchup there on Monday, Wednesday against yeah, the Canucks beautiful. is really juicy as well. Um, the one thing that's nice too is like when you look at their top, their, their power play unit. I mean, the, the Canucks have one of the worst penalty kills in the league, so that power play can continue to to have success against the Canucks next week. And then you look at Stutzel's the shooting option on the one side, Josh Norris is the shooting option on the other side. Both of those guys uh, should be, you know prime to score some goals next week uh but d i just want to go back to drake for one second you talked about how he is just like <laughs> hot cold hot cold so listen to this bring it back so for for a nine game stretch and like the i think this was february ish he had 12 points in a nine game stretch after that he followed that up with three points in a 12 game stretch <laughs> and then since then he has nine points in his last 10 so he is about uh as hot and cold as you can go but when he gets hot he gets hot and he is certainly hot right now so uh drake batherson looks prime at 25% on Timmy Stutzel 19 and Josh Norris 17. Uh, all right. We have four teams to talk about still. Let's roll through them a little bit quicker as we go here. San Jose Sharks, uh, Kevin LeBanc and Rudolph Balsers would be the two worth targeting. Uh, the problem is Kevin LeBanc is not on the top line anymore. Uh, so it's really hard to get too excited about adding him uh, for next week until he moves back up to that top line. But uh, the, the, Sharks have come out and basically said that they are very frustrated with Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer, which is why they are being punished. Uh, Rudolph Balsers, though, has really seemed to be a guy that has uh, has played well for them this year. He just does not quite have the results. I would probably leave him more as a DFS play uh, than picking him up in your fantasy lineups. Uh, but if you want to take a look at it, since the middle of March, he does have seven points in his last 16 games, 37 shots over that span, averaging 15 minutes a night. So not bad. He does play with Hurdle quite a bit. He's only 1% on if you're in those deeper leagues. Um, obviously, the bank's a guy that we like when he's on the top line. If he's not, you have any interest whatsoever? Um, I still like him because he shoots a lot, even, even if he's only playing 15, 16 at night, and he's still on the top power play unit. Um, just bring it back to what you said, though. I absolutely love when shitty teams blame their best players and say they're the reason that that they're doing poorly and not because you know there's 15 the rest of the team's not lineup. good yeah yeah exactly so um yeah i i always like lebank um certainly you know not i would say one of the top options this week but if you know the other maybe five six seven guys that we've all talked about really liking so far aren't available i think he's a solid constellation guys even if he's still playing on that third line just because he's still going to get a lot of shots off and he's on the top power play unit yeah, just to further your point, like in his last 15, he only has five points, but over that stretch, he has 38 shots on goal. So at the end of the day, you're still getting a lot of shot volume out of him. Uh, so yeah. And the other thing I guess, you know, that is worth mentioning, again, the Sharks do have that Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. So you could get three games out of either of them. The Monday, Wednesday is against the Coyotes who have been struggling a little bit as of late. Um, and Friday's in Colorado, which is not something that you're overly excited about. Nope. Uh, all right, St. Louis be on a on a revenge tour in that game. Yeah, so true. Uh, so St. Louis is next up. You know they've got a lot of just big names on that team. Uh, so it's hard. You know it's really hard to find kind of anybody that's even going to be available on the wire because all their big names are pretty much owned. Uh, but. Jaden Schwartz is just 30% owned, so he could be available. Uh, after a pretty disappointing season, he's really kind of struggled after coming back from injury, but he does have four goals and one assist, five points in his last six games, 17 shots on goal, playing 17 and a half minutes. So 
there is, you know, some signs of life out of him. Uh, the shot volume is definitely solid. The usage is definitely there. Uh, Beebs, anything on Jaden? Um, no, not much more to add. I'm actually kind of thrown off. Philip Grubauer just got pronounced healthy um, on Yahoo. So um, I'm not sure if that's news to the show, but they just got moved to that. It's supposed to be two weeks. So I'm not sure if that's Yahoo messing up or if it's, um, you know, whatever. But um, that does change Devin Dubznik's status there. Sorry about that. But yeah, for me, not not much more to add on shorts. Um, yeah, he was... He was uh, removed from the COVID-19 reserve list. Jonas Donskoy, Miko Randon remain on the list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There Breaking we are. news. Um, breaking news on the show from Avs Insiders. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, give Shorts eyes. I, I haven't been huge on the guy all year, but um, but he would be the one to grab out there. Back to that. Dylan, nothing to add on Jaden Schwartz. All right, Vancouver. Uh, they obviously uh, have two, ga- two <laughs> games. Two games. Two games against the Ottawa Senators on Monday and Wednesday, um, and then they play Thursday, Saturday in Toronto. So uh, you can definitely get some use out of these guys in Ottawa. Are, um, but the problem is that all of a sudden the Ottawa Senators have a goaltender. Matt Murray is playing exceptionally well all of a sudden. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Uh, but, yeah, the the guys that you know are going to be available and probably worth targeting, I think the real top option, really the only guy that I would even consider – uh, from Vancouver, from my perspective, would be uh, Niels Hoaglander. Plays oh. tons of minutes, usually up around 15 minutes a night. Plenty for a rookie. Uh, has nine points in his last 13 games. Uh, 21 shots. The shot volume is not exactly great. Uh, but Tanner Pearson is really the only other option. And if we're talking about splitting hairs in terms of shot volume here, Tanner Pearson barely shoots. Uh, yeah. Niels Hoaglander at least shoots a little bit. D, who would you pick of the two since I cut you off on Jaden Schwartz? Uh, probably Hoaglander. Um, it, it is a, a bit of a tough call though, just because Pearson has that, um, the usage is on the top power play unit and on the top line with Horvat and Besser as well. Um, so, you know, traditional wisdom says to go with Pearson, but Hoaglander, as you said, the much harder player right now. Uh, and he's what I call an eye-catching player. So if you're going to sit down and watch these games, I think Hoaglander would be, uh, the better one to add just because he's going to be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely passes the eye test way more than Tanner Pearson does. Um, I agree with you there, though. For me, it's Hoaglander. He's just kind of uh, – we're talking hot hands lately, and he's got three points in his last three games. Um, I love that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So give me Hoaglander over Tanner Pearson, who I do not want whatsoever. And Tanner Pearson being at 10%, well, Kevin LeBanks at 10%. And, you know, we're talking about other guys like PRV at 13 and Sod at 10. I That makes me want to just leave. Yeah, well, Pearson was – awesome last year when he went over he was to yeah he was was last awesome. year last year on I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um all right the last team is the winnipeg jets uh they too have the monday wednesday friday schedule they actually have the weekend completely off so if you want to pick somebody up from them you can add them for monday wednesday friday drop them and play some fill spot on saturday maybe drop them for curtis mcelaney uh for the sunday game against the red wings you know if he's still around but again another team with a very concentrated offense almost all of their offense comes from just that top six um and they are all definitely high owned uh the one that sticks out as being uh lower owned would be paul stastny uh at just 21 percent uh, outside of him, there's really nothing that you can even consider adding. Uh, I almost shit my pants. I know that it's got to be because of hits, but Andrew Kopp at 68% was just mind-blowing. He's obviously had a pretty solid year. Uh, definitely a guy that will contribute to the hit category, but at 68% is insane. Uh, but yeah, Paul Stastny, points in 46 games for the record. Yeah, he's been definitely good, and he's moved up and down that lineup all year. Uh, he's, I, I think that... Those numbers are a little bit noisy just because he's had like a couple of just insanely. For big sure. Games. I'm just saying, you know, the casual player who goes, looks at the wire. Yeah. sorts For sure. Points. I it's think also. No doubt about it. How Dave D was saying how Batherson kind of keeps himself on that edge of the way out. I think that's kind of what we're seeing. He keeps himself on the edge of the way in. He has that big yeah, night. It's that like, well, not going to let him go down. Yeah, exactly. yeah, just enough. I think he's, you know, probably in that top five or six uh, uh, options that we talked about. Um, for next week he's definitely in that top tier for me 
Plays on a line currently with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Also been a fixture on that top power play unit. Uh, if we want to take a quick peek, he has seven points in his last 15 games. 33 shots on goal over that span. Uh, so just a shade over two shots per game. Definitely somebody that is reliable. Uh, and the one thing you know that you're getting out of Paul Stastny is a massive amount of usage. 17 minutes a night. Really, really nice stuff to find on the wire. Um, and then, yeah, just to, again, like there's not a whole lot that I can really talk about in terms of back-to-back sets, um, because there is only one game on Sunday next week. Uh, do you guys have anything really to add to our semifinalists? Just, uh, just, we're going to keep bearing it in, but do not keep all your ads until Sunday. And then, uh, think you're going to pop some guys in your lineup because it's going to be an ugly ass Sunday. So just remember, you know, maybe do that Friday, um, and just prep prep and let Saturday happen. Um, but good luck because, um, and good luck to whoever runs into my fantasy team on the way through because, uh, the trains rolling boys. Yeah. I would say if, uh, if you're in a redraft league, just be comfortable. Don't be afraid to say goodbye to guys. Um, if you're oh, desperate yeah. and, and, uh, need to make a push on the weekend. Great yeah, stuff, well. boys, as always. Oh, deep beeps. Anything? I was just going to say that, yeah, at this point, you know, you, your heart's not connected to anyone in a redraft league. Someone gets hurt, someone goes even day-to-day, and you got to survive. Uh, don't be afraid to drop. D- or beeps, you actually, though, did mention that there are a number of guys that we should maybe mention to people who are in keeper leagues or dynasty leagues, and if they're not owned, uh, should potentially be added here, even if you're out of the playoffs, one of which would be Spencer Knight at just 6% Each owned. game the other night. Uh, he looks terrific in his NHL debut. I would even just consider adding him because Chris Dreger is uh, is injured uh, right now. They do have a back-to-back next week uh, on – who do they play? Where did it go? They have Nashville on Monday, Tuesday. So you'd expect Spencer Knight to start one of those two games, um, even if he could potentially start against the Canes on um, tomorrow, but I doubt it. But he would definitely, uh, with Dreger out, will likely start one of those next two games to start next week. So uh, Knight looked terrific. He's one of the best goalie prospects in the entire NHL. Um, Cole Caulfield, another one, obviously 7% owned. Not really expected to see any action this year. He was called up because Laval was on a COVID-19 break. Uh, so, yeah, there's that as well. Um, anybody else that would kind of fit into that mold for you guys at this point? Uh, someone who has dropped quite a bit the last couple weeks but was on fire, and uh, I think we can call him friend of the show now, 22%, Ellie Tolvin, and you, you can actually get him, and uh, you can use him for this year if you need to, but he is definitely someone you want to look for um, next year. I think we actually said that last year at this time. Yeah, the, the one thing about Ellie Tolvin and two, uh, you know, he's just obviously one of the – he's got one of the best shots, uh, you know, going right now. He's somebody that we've talked about a ton for the number of years. Uh, he is one of the best goal scorers, you know, in terms of a goal production this year, like from a point, uh, goal per game, uh, standpoint, he's just been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so let me just rattle off these numbers to you guys really quickly. So dating back to the middle of February, uh, he has 10 goals in his last 24 games, um, but he is shooting 21.7%, but really nice production, basically a goal every other game from Ely Tolvanen. Uh, and then, yeah, if we take a look ahead to next week, uh, they have two games Monday, Tuesday against Panthers, as I mentioned, and a game on Saturday against Dallas. Not the greatest yeah. schedule. Um, somebody I think that you know we should also maybe talk about quickly on our way out here uh, is Florida's second line has really heated up since acquiring Sam Bennett. Uh, just red hot out of nowhere. They've looked Crazy. really, 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 really good. Uh, Sam Bennett is already up to 43% owned, uh, but he's definitely worth mentioning. But uh, we've got Nikita Gusev as well. Uh, we talked about him a little bit last week. He's just been super consistent since moving over to Florida. The minutes have been massive. He's played on a line with Alexander Barkov. So the fact that he – I would rather have him than Sam Bennett uh, without question, and he's only 8% owned. So you got to like what you get out of uh, Nikita Gusev. The schedule may be, uh, you know, as I mentioned, two games against the, the uh, Predators to start the week. And then Thursday, Saturday in Chicago. So a really nice setup uh, for Florida next week. And I think Gusev it would be probably the guy to target from there. But uh, you got to mention as well, Anthony Duclair, just 26% on. So that is it. Crammed a lot in there at the end. But there are some other guys that, you know, maybe not just streamers, but are worth legitimate pickups. D, what do you got? Uh, if I had to suggest one player for the future to, you know, pick up right now and could potentially be a real cornerstone, you know, uh, just generational talent, it would definitely be Wade Allison. So I just had to, uh, <laughs> I just had to make almost, sure we fit that in. Almost spit out my beer. 
<laughs> I think Jamie Drysdale could probably fit into that category a little bit as well, but um, he's no yeah. way to Allison, that's for sure. Phillips so. Adina too, if you really want to, if you really want to look at it and make Brock um, happy to finish off the show. Phillips makes me very happy. I like that yeah. a lot. Very nice. <laughs> you might as well just go out and add Mo Siders even on there yet. Yeah, he is. <laughs> get Mo Sider immediately. He's one person on. Get Mo Sider in your lineup. Best defenseman in NHL history. All right. Cut off his mic. But uh, all right, yeah, I'm going to cut off myself here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Season 6, Episode 20 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Odd Shark and Jock Market. Thank you guys, as always. If you were eliminated and still decided to listen to the show, we appreciate you so much. If you are still in it, good luck next week. Hopefully, we can uh, provide some information to many, many people for the final week of the season. I'm Brock Segan. we got Dylan D. Berthing, Michael Beauty's Bondi. Thank you guys so much. See you next week. I, I hope you all don't get eliminated. Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.